And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. ladies and gentlemen here we go i'm not sure exactly if this is going to work or not but we are going to try this <laughs> we'll see what happens welcome everybody we are live from a bunker we are in the southern command here at uh at uh, Sci-Fi for Me. Good to have all of you with us. Jason Hyde here. And Mrs. Boss is... Where's Mrs. Boss? Is Mrs. Gotta Boss... The... I gotta move the camera. Mrs. Boss is sitting here with me. Um, okay, so uh, a couple of things. Let me let me do... Okay, we are in a very makeshift uh, setup today. So uh, <laughs> let's start uh, giving a shout out to everybody who is listening to us on the podcast platforms. Uh, we've got listeners in Japan. Uh, Australia, Germany, the UK, uh, the Philippines. Good to see all of you with us as well. Now, we are broadcasting live, and it is um, a possibility that we're going to be buffering. So just uh, just something to keep in mind. Uh, I'm not sure uh, how well this is going to go, so we'll, we'll see, but, uh, just wanted to talk about that, because we're on Wi-Fi today, and I'm, I'm not sure what kind of signal we're going to get, we are broadcasting to YouTube, Facebook, and Odyssey the way we always do, uh, but, uh, if it buffers, that's why we're, we're seeing how this thing goes, uh, of course, being live, uh, you can jump in the chat, you can always send us a comment or an email live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. Uh, we do want to encourage you to sign up for the newsletter, uh, connect with us on all the socials and whatnot. Um, <coughs> uh, we've got uh, news the, that came out today, this morning, yesterday, yesterday, I think. Avatar, the way of water, the big, the big experiment for uh for disney uh james cameron now james cameron has has acknowledged that if this if this movie doesn't perform to two expectations there may not be three or four so we'll see and it's getting a release date in china folks it is uh, uh now you're gonna notice a little shaky camera because this this camera is sitting on top of a candle <laughs> so it's gonna do a little jiggle every now and again but uh you know I'll go back in maybe and put some some earthquake sounds or some thunder or something to justify the the camera shake I guess maybe so Avatar is expected to open uh, its weekend 140 to 170 million this thing is already being projected that it needs to make two billion dollars in order to be profitable and successful that's a very high expectation I have no idea if it's going to do that or not, because given the amount of apathy that we've seen online, I don't think it's going to do two billion. I don't think it's going to do one point. It maybe it probably will do one point five, maybe one point seven. I don't think it's going to do two. But Avatar the fact is what again? Uh, Dances with Smurfs. When did that come out? A uh, long time ago. 
Now, uh, the other thing, the other, <coughs> the other thing here is that Mindy doesn't have a microphone, so I'm going to have to be awkwardly turning her direction because she's Thank sitting you. on the wrong side uh, to for the microphone to hit. So any, anyway, yeah. yeah no, so so Avatar getting a release date in China, December sixteenth, which is the same day as the United States and Canada. And uh, this news comes on November 22nd, the day after we learned about uh, what's going on with Bob Iger. And, of course, Bob Iger has lots of ties to China. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the Chinese decided that we're going to let a Disney movie end to theaters coming on the heels of the announcement that uh, that <clears throat> Bob Iger's back. Uh, for those of you who've, who've missed the news... Bob Iger's back as uh, as CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Bob Chapek unceremoniously uh, ousted Sunday evening, Sunday afternoon, sometime on Sunday, and the news started to hit the wires and the trades Sunday night, and a lot of people were shocked. This was something that nobody saw coming. Uh, there are a number of people who've got channels, WDW Pro, Cameron Pasha, Valiant Renegade, Doomcock, er everybody got caught flat-footed by this. Nobody knew it was coming. Even the people at the vice president level in the C-suites didn't know it was coming. They found out with alerts on their phones through email and whatnot while they were at the Elton John concert where Bob Chapek was supposed to introduce Elton John for his final performance and Chapek got yanked. I mean, this thing has been a mess from the get-go. But I want to talk about Iger's connection to China for a second. That's going to be my beginning. My begin. I've got notes. I got notes today. For those of you in Rio Linda, that's things written on paper for me to reference. So, so China, China's relationship with with Disney has been iffy at best at times. This goes all the way back. To when I when when Iger was working for Michael Eisner at Disney, and they basically had to start an apology tour because of of Martin Scorsese's film Kunden, uh, which was the biographical picture about the Dalai Lama, and and Eisner and Iger both had to go over to China and kowtow and bow and kneel and kneel and, and you know kneel before Zod type of thing in order to let the Chinese people know that we're not going to make any more movies like that because apparently it was insulting to the Chinese Communist Party. And in 2010, you jump forward a, a few years, Iger reportedly met with China's propaganda minister and promised to introduce more about China to the world. Bob Iger has been very, very, very pro-China most of his career. He's been angling. A lot of people suspected he was angling for an ambassador to China, and that was floated as soon as uh, the election was over. Iger is on his way out, retiring as CEO. A lot of buzz, a lot of, of a lot of chatter about the possibility that Iger could be ambassador to China in the in the Biden asterisk administration. And then, of course, you have the controversy about Mulan being shot in China just over the hill from the concentration camps where they've been keeping the Uyghur Muslims uh, in, in prison. And the acknowledgments at the end of the movie thanking the people who are running the concentration camps for helping them make the movie did not go over well with a lot of people, especially with conservatives and Republicans. Of course, you've got the thing going with Florida, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. 
Iger's got a very long history of schmoozing with China. October 2011, uh, the National Committee on U.S. and China Relations uh, recognized him for his philanthropy in China. He makes a trip at least once a year uh, as part of his philanthropy work. September 2015, he was at a state dinner at the White House. He sat next to President Xi. Uh, and then later that month, he was in Seattle for a CEO roundtable where President Xi was was attending. May 2016, he met with Xi in Beijing, and he is uh, that was while he was vice chairman of the U.S.-China Business Council. Now, Iger has always been a pro-China guy, and 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 for whatever you might think about China, the China is run by the Communist Party, the Chinese Communist Party, President Xi, and. Those values are not reflective of the values of the United States for a number of things. And, and I got I to gotta say, this, this whole thing about Iger coming in and fixing the woke, <sighs> folks, Iger started the woke. His, his, his feelings toward China and his political ambitions, he is deep in the weeds on this whole woke ideology thing. And, I, and you know, there's a number of a number of people: the National Review, the New York Post, the Washington Post, Fox Business, Christopher Rufo, all these people coming out saying Bob Chape, Bob Chapek's out. Bob Iger's come in to fix the woke problem. Iger started it. Iger began all of these programs and greenlit all of these films that are just now coming to fruition. Let me, let me take you through a little bit of, of inside baseball here. Let me tell you a little bit about how the sausage is made when it comes to films and TV shows. It takes a number of years. You pitch the idea. The executives say, yeah, we like the idea. We're going to go with the idea. You got to go through pre-production. You go through your planning. You go through actual principal photography where you actually shoot the movie. Then you got editing and post-production and sound mix and special effects and all this stuff. It takes a good two to three years, if you're doing it right, it takes a good two to three years to get the, get these movies made. Now, you compound that with the fact that you had the pandemic right in the middle of all of this in 2020 where nobody was doing nothing. And it takes longer. All of the stuff that we've been seeing lately, Lightyear, this strange world that's coming out this this weekend, the Marvel movies that have been in the, in the pipeline, all of that stuff is Iger stuff. All right, Chapek has only been in control totally by himself for about 11 months. Cameron Pasha was on the H2O podcast Monday night, and he made that point because Iger has never actually really been gone. He's never gone away. He's always been there hovering in the background. The Wall Street Journal has got an article about how he was just kind of always there. Now, he hands over the reins of CEO to Bob Chapek in 2020. He decides, okay, I'm done. I'm going to step back. Because I think, and others have posited this, we we think that Iger saw the fallout coming. He knew what was going to come in because he's been spending like a drunk Democrat buying up all of these different properties, starting with Pixar, and then Marvel, and then Lucasfilm, and you know they've got ESPN, they got ABC. They've been spending all this money. Iger is a deal maker. Remember that. We're going to circle back to that. Iger's a deal maker, and he's got the ultimate deal staring him in the face at the end of these two years where he's supposed to be the CEO. 
In 2020, you got the pandemic that hit. Iger steps back in because now we have to pivot to the Disney Plus. Now, Disney Plus was Iger's baby. The reason he bought Lucasfilm, the reason he bought 20th Century Fox is so he could have content, he could have the programming that he needed in order to build out Disney Plus. It's one of the reasons we got the Mandalorian. And you, even over on, on the Warner Brothers side, the only reason we got the Snyder Cut was to sell HBO Max. All of the studios understood we needed to pivot to streaming because everybody was sitting at home. You know, the government had shut everything down, put us under house arrest, said you can't go anywhere unless you're essential. And who decides who's essential, right? If you're the if you're the person working in your household and you're earning the money to pay your bills, you're essential. But the government didn't see it that way. But you've got this this thing happening where the pandemic hits, people panic. Iger steps back in to help, and then he's and then he goes away again. Now you've got Chapek in charge for just eleven months. That doesn't give him a whole lot of time to do anything. He hasn't had a whole lot of time to do anything. And then 2022, now we're in a recession, even though the government wants to redefine what a recession is. We're in a recession. We are deep in the bowels of a recession, and it has been that way for at least three months now. What happens? All of these companies are starting to see layoffs. You got 10,000 people getting laid off at Amazon. You got 12,000 people getting laid off at, at, uh, at Facebook and Meta. You've got... Um, Energy prices going up, inflation is up, we're in a recession, prices for foods going up, transportation costs are going up, we're running out of diesel, Biden's tapping into the, to the gas reserves and selling all the petroleum over to China. We're, in a cri we're at a crisis point, and those layoffs started to hit over at the Disney company, and JPEG put out a memo not three weeks ago about how they're going to have to have some hiring freezes and price cuts and that kind of thing here with the Disney company. And the theory is, WDW Pro put this out, and I think he's right, and I think Cameron's got a, a good point on this too. This did not happen as it's being portrayed. A lot of people are saying the JPEG got, got ousted because of the, court, the third quarter report, the earnings call. That was November 8th. That's almost two and a half weeks ago at this point. <laughs> three weeks in which we learn Disney company has has lost over a billion dollars in revenue now revenue was up in 2019 by six percent it was up in 2020 by about 20 percent so they were on track to recovery even though this third quarter earnings report said they'd lost a billion and a half dollars probably because you had a lot of people that were cutting off their subscriptions to Disney plus and deciding, I don't need you anymore, see ya. One reason, because we're in a recession, everybody's going to start cutting back on the things that they spend on in terms of discretionary income and the extra stuff, right? The other thing is that you've got all of this political mumbo-jumbo that Disney was stepping into with the whole thing that was going on down in Florida. And people said, enough is enough is enough. We're done. We're not going to watch Lightyear because you're pushing a, an LGBTQRSTUV VIP LMNOP alphabet super agenda. We're not going to come see your movie. 
And strange world, same kind of thing. I don't think you're going to have very many people go to see that movie at all. It opens this weekend. It's not going to perform well. And it's going to be now characterized as one of Chapek's failures, even though this movie has been in the pipeline for so long. It's Iger's baby. All right. You remember the executive that greenlights this thing. The project has to go probably a good year and a half, two years before they even start principal photography. And then by the time it gets out, you're two, three, two, three years out from the time the executive says, go and do it. So Strange World is not Bob Chapek's responsibility. He's responsible for overseeing the distribution and all of that stuff. Sure, as the CEO, he's looking at all of the things going on with the business. But he didn't greenlight Strange World. He didn't greenlight Captain America 4. He didn't greenlight, well, he might have He might have greenlit Captain America 4, but he didn't, he didn't greenlight Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the TV show. He didn't greenlight WandaVision. All of that stuff was in the pipeline before Chapek took over as CEO because Iger wanted the Disney Plus product, and it's a product. And... You also have to consider what David Zaslav said when he was talking about their new strategy over at Warner Brothers Dis Discovery. And we talked about this yesterday. The problem with the streaming being the focus is that if you're making a if you make a widget or you you're making a movie, you're making a TV show, that costs money to make. If you sit and say Okay, we're going to take this and we're going to put it in our store. Then you're not making any extra money off the distribution of that film. If I make a movie at Warner Brothers Pictures and then it airs on ABC, for example, or it airs on the CW or it airs on HBO or Showtime or where anywhere – they have to pay a licensing fee. They have to pay for the rights to broadcast that movie. And Zaslav has it right. Why, why would we make something and then show it on our own channel and cut off all of these other potential revenue streams? You, you've got to be able to repurpose your product for multiple markets. Little history lesson for those of you who are not of an age. Back the way it used to be done, you had the movie in the theater for several weeks to several months, depending on how popular and successful it was. So you had the movie making money in the box office. That was the first go around. Then when you had cable, then you had the movie show up on cable. A lot of times it would go on premium cable, HBO, Showtime, Cinemax, the, the cable channels you had to pay extra for. Then it would show up on other cable channels like WGN, for example, it'd be showing up on the on the on the cable channels that were part of your package, the Sci-Fi Network, you know those kind of things. Then it could go on to the broadcast networks: ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox. Then it would go to home video. You'd get it on your VHS tape, or maybe it'd go to satellite. It'd go to Dish TV or Direct TV or whatnot. Then it'd go to video with uh, videotape or Blu-ray, and each time it goes to one of those places, the studio makes money because you're paying for permission to broadcast that on your channel. Now, 
You fast forward to now, if you're making product and you're putting it on your own streaming channel, you're not making any extra money because basically all you're doing is you're saying, hey, I've got money in this bank account. I'm going to transfer the money to this bank account. I own both bank accounts. I'm not making a profit by shifting money from one account to the other account because it's the same amount of money. That's the problem that you're running into with these streaming services because there's no profit in it because you're not selling it. You're not selling your programming to somebody else's channel. So now you come in and you've got Iger supposed to fix all of this. Well, he created the monster in the first place. So how is he supposed to fix it? Or is he really supposed to fix it. JPEG was trying to get away from the woke agenda. JPEG was trying to get Disney back on track in terms of the finances and make the company profitable again. And when he got his new deal just not a couple of months ago, in the wake of all of that stuff that happens in Florida, you have to remember too the timeline. Florida has this Parents, you know, parents, the, was it Parents in Education? What was the name of that bill? Uh, Parental Rights in Education Bill. And you have the, the liberal wokeistas, the cry bullies, calling it the Don't Say Gay Bill, even though it doesn't say anything about any of that in the bill. The bill itself is about parental access to the information on what curriculums are being taught to their kids. And it says the teachers and the administration of the schools cannot, may not, shall not shut out uh, putting information into the hands of the parents that the parents asked for. What are we looking at? Florida Parental Rights and Education Act. That's what it was. Thank you. So Chapek stepped in it because he sat there and he said, and he put out a memo. He says, we're not going to antagonize our audience. We're not going to antagonize our customers. We're not going to insult people. We're going to go right here to center and we're not going to take a position politically, which is the smart thing for him to do. Because in the words of Kelly Sue DeConnick, if you don't like my politics, don't buy my book. And people didn't buy the book. You fail to sell your product when you insult your potential customers. You call them names, they're going to walk away, and they're going to take their money with them. Chapek understands this, and he sat there, and he put out a memo to everybody. I got a copy of it, because I'm a contractor, and it said, we're not going to antagonize our customers. We're we're going to be putting out the best stuff we can. We recognize that we got a diverse audience and we've got a diverse pe uh, team of people here in the company and we're not going to do anything to mess that up. Are you coming back? No. Okay. Were you feeling left out? A little. A little? Well, I don't have a microphone. Do you want, would you have a thought? No. You want to share a thought? No, I've shared, I've shared lots of thoughts. You shared lots of thoughts, yes. And you're just edumacating everybody else in the club. I, I am edumacating people, yes. All right, so let's... All right, so... Okay. Pulling dead leaves off a plant. That That is a good priority right over there for you. All right, so... 
So Chapek's trying to trying to right the ship. He's trying to plug the holes that Iger's policies have put into the whole mess. Now you also have to remember too that in the middle of all of this, when when Chapek is saying we're not going to get involved in this political debate. Peter Rice, who was the executive over at 20th Century Fox and came over when they bought the company, Peter Rice publicly takes a stance critical of Bob Chapek. He actually kind of cut his own throat at that point because Chapek called him on the carpet. It was a seven-minute meeting. He says, you're not conforming to the policies and the principles of the company anymore. You're not, you're not down for the, for the new philosophy here at the company. You're fired. It was rather unceremonious, and it was very abrupt, and nobody saw it coming. But at that point, people were sitting there saying, Chapek needs to do that with everyone that's causing a problem. He needs to swing that axe, and he needs to swing it wide and fast, and he didn't do it. But that did set him up for the renewal of his contract. He still had about another year left on his contract that he had as CEO. The board unanimously voted to keep him not only renewing his contract, but giving him a brand new three-year contract. So this is not a contract extension. It's a new contract. And the mandate was, fix us. Get us back on track. So all of these stories that are out this week about Bob Iger going to fix the ship, Bob Iger broke it. And I don't think that Bob Iger has any incentive to fix it. But when Chapek comes out and you've got the third quarter report that comes down and we're a, a billion and a half dollars over, or under rather, people are characterizing this board meeting that happened over the weekend as an emergency meeting. Now, Cameron Pasha was on the H2O podcast Monday night, and he rightly points out, and I think he's accurate with his assessment, saying that it's not an emergency meeting about the revenue, the third quarter earnings call, if it's two weeks after the earnings call. This was not an emergency meeting about that. What happened between then and now, that's the question. Now, the speculation is, because of the timing, because we got a memo that Chapek sent out saying we're going to have to you know, freeze, you know, we got the hiring freeze, we're going to have to start laying people off. And the suspicion is, and we've heard this from a couple of different, different people, that this is a possibility. Now, again, rumor, it's, it's a possible, it's a speculation, but I believe this is to be the case. You have Ton Newton, the, uh, the, the head of their Reimagine Tomorrow Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Program, probably was a target, and that department was a target for some of these layoffs. And you have uh, investors, specifically BlackRock, Vanguard, which are very, very, very much invested in this New World Order, World Economic Forum stuff that revolves around diversity and the ESG money. They took exception to that. It's like, wait a minute, what do you mean you're 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 chopping the the diversity stuff? The speculation is, and I and I buy into this theory. I do agree that this is probably, maybe, kind of, maybe what happened is that 
Chapex acts got too close to the woke agenda. And the BlackRock people panicked. And you have you have Christine McCarthy, the chief financial officer, and I don't think that it's any coincidence that your money person is the one who leads the rebellion inside. Now, you remember, Christine McCarthy is one of Bob Iger's people. She came up through the ranks with him. She was one of his, one of his acolytes. She was a supporter. She's been there under Chapek's regime, Chapek's time in office, and it's Christine McCarthy who led this rebellion against Bob Chapek coming in to the board and saying, we don't have any more confidence in this guy as a, as a leader. Now, what happened to flip that switch? She's got to be in on it because she and Dana Walden, who replaced Peter Rice, and a lot of people knew that Dana Walden was just as woke as Peter Rice, if not more so. I mean, we've got photographs of her with Hillary Clinton. Then you got Alan Bergman, you got Jimmy Pitaro, and you got Christine McCarthy. Those are going to be the new team that helps restructure this this organization in the wake of JPEG being being ousted. Now, whether he got fired or whether he got he just decided to to walk out. There's speculation on that. Most of the most of the stories are that he got fired. But what if he walked? What if he got delivered an ultimatum that said, you can't touch the DEI people, and he left just the same way that Jeff Morrell left in the middle of the Florida thing? Now, remember, Jeff Morrell was one of their marketing PR guys, and he sat there and he said, don't get involved in the, in the Florida stuff. Jeff Morrell was the PR guy who handled uh, BP's Deepwater Horizon crisis when the when that that underwater well busted and exploded and started spewing all this oil into the Gulf of Mexico. Jeff Morrell was the guy who handled the crisis PR on that. He was the he was the main lead guy on the messaging to get BP's reputation back. And that's one of the reasons why he's over at Disney. It's like, you, you're the guy. You know how to deal with this stuff. And Morell told them, don't get in the, in the weeds on this politics stuff. Stay out of it. And nobody listened to him, and he walked. Now, I don't think that this is likely. It's a possibility, but it's not likely. But what if Chapek was faced with the same kind of conundrum? What do you mean I can't fire the guys who are causing the problem? All right, then I'm done. And he walks. Not likely, like I said, it's a possibility, but more than likely it was one of these revolts that came from the inside that basically said, we don't want to deal with the guy. And the board panics, and half the board is is in Iger's camp anyway. I want to talk about that in a minute, but it's probably true that Chapek got fired, which means they got to buy out the rest of his contract, so he's going to be sitting pretty for the next three years. He doesn't have to do anything, and a lot of people have said he's done in Hollywood, and he might very well be, but how did all of this come about so quickly, so suddenly, that Iger was poised and ready to come back in? We're going to talk about that when we get back. Stand by. If you unsubscribe to our podcasts, our legion is doomed. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. It's like, my, okay. 
hold on, you've got somebody, and all he does is put on some glasses and slicks back his hair, and nobody knows who he is. Nobody recognizes him. It's it's it's, it's like that that uh, that scene in in the Green Lantern movie where she looks at him and it's like, how? You know, it's like you just put on a mask and you expect me not to recognize you. The H two O podcast Monday night at eight only on Sci Fi for Me TV. Good morning, Multiverse. Saturday morning at 11, 10 Central, only on Sci-Fi for Me TV. All right, back live from the bunker. Jason Hunt here along with all of you guys. I I don't know what this sounds like. (laughs) So... So hopefully it's not uh, it's not too terrible a mix. But anyway, all right. So we are continuing our examination of Bob Iger coming back to the Walt Disney Company as the new CEO, new boss, same as the old boss, right? I want to look here for a second because the the this this notion of of Iger uh, basically coming full circle here and saving Disney. I don't think that he's going to be saving Disney. And we're already seeing some articles now this the 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 stock price spiked over $100. I mean it was it just shot straight up on Monday uh following the news, but it has since done one of these. It started to come back down. It's right now sitting at 97.93 a share. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that there is the initial excitement. Oh, what does this mean? And the and the price goes up. Any kind of a major shift like this, you're going to get some kind of activity on that. And then reality starts to set in. And people sit there and go, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. What does this actually mean? What is this going to do? And now you start to see a lot of uncertainty start to settle in in the stock market and, and, and Wall Street. People are like, well, what's he going to do? And a lot of questions now, what's he going to do? Because Bob Iger at this point, the way I see it, and other people have said this, he's got he's got a couple of options. One, he continues along the same path that Bob Chapek set out because we got to do some layoffs, we got to do some trimming the fat, we got to cut down on some expenses, we got to cut prices, we got to do some stuff and get out of the politics and kind of stay in the center and just keep our head down and our nose clean. Or he could double and triple down on the woke, take it so far left that it tanks the stock price and gets Disney set up for acquisition. And people are speculating that that might be what he's going to do. Maybe not necessarily taking the taking the company so far left and to get political that you lose money, but setting up an acquisition. You've got um, let's see where did I where did I see this over here. Um, my notes, my notes, my notes. All right. Let's see here, because I've got it written down here somewhere. Yeah, here we go. All right. So you've got, um, Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal has this article this week about how Bob Iger has never quite actually been gone. He's never fully gone away. And over the last two years, JPEG has uh, not JPEG. Iger 
has been having lunch, he's been having meetings, he's been having discussions, and he's made it very clear that he's not happy with the decisions that Bob Chapek has made as CEO of Disney. And when you had the pandemic pop back, you know, pop up and, and Iger came back and started making decisions, there was one there was one major decision that Chapek wanted to make at the very beginning. We've got to start laying off. We've got to start cutting back. This is a pandemic. Nobody's coming to the parks. Nobody's going to the movies. We're starting to lose money. We've got to make a decision. We've got to do something now. And Iger forced the decision and, and got the company to wait on that until Congress passed their CARES Act. Chapek didn't want to wait. We're losing money. We have to do something now. And Iger said, no, 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 we got to wait till the Congress can put something together so they can buy people off with their stimulus checks, essentially. I mean, that's probably not the way Iger characterized it, but that's exactly what happened. You know, you've got this CARES Act, we're going to start sending a bunch of people money to stay home. Iger saw that and has complained to people on the inside, people that know or are reporting to the Wall Street Journal, that Chapek's sitting there saying Iger has undermined him from the very beginning. And I don't think that changed as you know Iger pulls back and Chapek takes the reins and he's now fully in control and he starts to restructure and reorganize. Well, what was the first thing that happened? Bob Iger pops up in the trade saying how it's a mistake. He doesn't think it's a good idea. And blah, 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 blah. Bob Iger, Bob Iger, Bob Iger says... The trades have always been on Iger's side. They hate Bob Chapek, same as the same as they hate Bob, uh, David Zaslav over at Warner Brothers Discovery. But Zaslav has a different arrangement in that he doesn't exactly report to the board the same way that Chapek does. Zaslav is making cuts and making cuts and making cuts right and left because he's the one what in charge. And he had a very smart way of reorganizing their diversity program by hiring executives from various different countries to handle the diversity operations from there. So it's not a bunch of Wokenistas from the United States trying to tell everybody else how to be oppressed victims. Chapek should have done that and didn't. Chapek should have swung a big axe when he got his, his three-year new contract, and he didn't. Instead, he let himself get bullied into a corner and started pandering to these people, and he did the, the hostage video, and he started wishy-washy back and forth, and he wanted to have it both ways. Or at least that's how it looked from the outside. That was a mistake. Chapek should have started slashing and burning everything at that point. You, and, and we see what's happening over at, uh, over at Twitter right now. You know, Elon Musk doing the same thing. You know, are you going to be in for the grind? Then show up at work. Are you going to be somebody who's productive in the company? Then show me your work. He's, he's holding people accountable as a boss should when it comes to a company that's supposed to be making money. Okay, how are you making me money? And if you have a bunch of people that are sitting there not making you money, instead making somebody else money because of the whole ESG thing, because we have such a robust diversity, equity, inclusion program, 
It doesn't matter what kind of stuff that you're making. It doesn't matter what movies you're making. It doesn't matter what TV shows you're making. What matters is you're hiring the right people that check the right boxes. And that's what, make, what, what makes BlackRock and Vanguard happy, is that ESG score. And ESG is very much, I think, at the core of all of this. Because you've got, you know, Iger started all of his acquisitions and spending with Apple, buying buying Pixar. And then he buys Marvel, then he buys Lucasfilm. And there's speculation that the ultimate deal for the deal maker is going to be selling the Walt Disney Company to Apple. Now, <clears throat> a couple of things that could complicate that. One, Tim Cook is not the buying guy. He's not the guy. He's not Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs probably would have snapped it up. Tim Cook, maybe not so much. Although, back in April, at the Apple investors call, Tim Cook did say they wouldn't rule out acquiring a big company but the main drive has to be secure strong intellectual property and get big names attached. Now, strong intellectual property, you have the Walt Disney Studios Library, you have the 20th Century Fox Library. That's pretty strong intellectual property right there, and Apple would probably be smart to snap that up if they could buy it. Now, that allows for the possibility that the federal regulators won't allow it, because they shut down, they put the kibosh on Paramount trying to sell Simon & Schuster to Random House. And they said, no, 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 this is going to set up a monopoly, you can't do it. And we find out after that it probably wouldn't have been any, any big deal anyway, one way or the other, because we find out from Random House that all of these New York Times bestsellers and all of these best-selling novels are only selling 15, 20 copies apiece. They're not bestsellers. They sold some copies. And a lot of us independent creators are sitting there, you know, we're not sweating it so much anymore because, hey, you know, I sold 12 copies of my book. <clears throat> By the way, my book is still available on Amazon. The Hero at the End of His Rope. Makes a good Christmas gift. Stocking stuffer. Buy 12. All right. Now, the other thing with regard to Apple is you've got this thing now in the UK where the Competition and Markets Authority is investigating, has announced they're going to be investigating Apple and Google as a duopoly and, and saying they've got too much control over the market of what you can put on your phone. Google is Android. Apple is the iOS. And if you don't have your app on one of their stores, you don't have an app on anybody's phone. And and over in the UK, the CMA is starting to look at that and saying, hey, this 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 kind of hinky, and it has been for a while. So what if that translates into federal regulators looking at a potential deal where Apple is looking to acquire the Walt Disney Company, and the federal regulator says, yeah, not so much. Then what happens to Disney? What happens to their stock value? What happens to Bob Iger's reputation? Because that's what ultimately what all this is about. You know, for the last two years, Bob Iger has been going all over Hollywood, setting up a whisper network to make Bob Chapek look bad in order to burnish his own reputation. Man, it was much better when Bob Iger was here. It was much better when Iger was in charge. Man, I wish Bob Iger was back. Well, now he's back, baby. And what's he going to do? He's not going to fix the problem. He caused 
the problem. And he recognized the potential for blowback at just the right time, and he got out before it all smeared all over JPEG. And so now what do we see with all of the news coverage? It's all JPEG's fault. It's all JPEG. JPEG was the fall guy from the beginning. And now Iger comes back in on his white horse. He's going to save the day. But he's not going to make Walt Disney Company profitable. He's going to make it sellable. And he's going to make this ultimate deal. And he's going to save Disney by selling Disney to Apple or Amazon or whoever, whoever's big enough to take it. And then Bob Iger is the hero. He saved Disney. And in all of this two-year deal, he's also got to find himself a successor, a new CEO. Well, if Apple buys Disney, then Bob Iger is the last CEO of the Walt Disney Company. He gets a position in history. And he can turn that around and look at the Democrats and say, hey, you know, your field, uh, your, your bench is looking a little thin here for 2024. Mark my words, folks. And, and, and we were talking about it on, on H2O Monday night. Cameron Pasha agrees with me. He's, he's thinking the same thing. Bob Iger is going to run for president. Now, it's been a rumor. He's, he's had this in his back pocket for a very long time. We've known that Iger has had political aspirations. That's one of the reasons he was angling for ambassador to China. And that didn't happen. But that's, that's not to say that his political ambitions have diminished at all. Bob Iger is looking to be president of the United States. And 2024 is a perfect time for him to step up and say, hey, I'm your guy. Who else have you got? Gavin Newsom? Gavin Newsom ran California into the ground, and he's the nephew of Nancy Pelosi. And Nancy Pelosi just announced that she's not going to run for any more leadership things in the House because, I think, because this deal with her husband Paul is about to blow up in ways that they don't want it to blow up and, and people to know about because we're finding out that there's more to the story than the official story. And I think that Pelosi is going to get embarrassed and the Pelosi crime family is going to get embarrassed. And Newsom is part of that family. And he's run California into the ground. There is no way that he's going to be a viable candidate in 2024. Who else do they have? AOC? Who else do they have? They got nobody. At least not now. Two years is a long time in politics. So they could find someone. There could be some rising star that comes up out of the ashes and says, I'm going to save everything. But I don't think there is. There's not anybody. And who are the, who are the money people going to get behind? Who, who's, who are the Black Rocks and the, and the World Economic Forum, New World Order people going to get behind? They'll get behind Iger, probably. Because consider... BlackRock has 17, 17, what did I see where it is? I wrote it down. Where is it? There we go. BlackRock's got $17 billion invested into Walt Disney Company. And they've got their hands in all sorts of things. Real estate, banks, 
big pharmaceuticals, oil and gas and energy, credit card companies, insurance, computers, engineering. They're invested in Raytheon, food and agriculture. They got $8 million invested in General Mills. They got eight. They got $11 billion invested in Caterpillar. They're in mining. They're in manufacturing, heavy equipment. And besides that, you have now also this story. Let me see if I can find it here because uh, I've got it. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, where did it go? Where did it go? A lawsuit. Yeah, here it is. Pirates and Princesses was reporting on this. That's uh, Neon and Geeky over there. Disney sued. <laughs> excuse me. Disney sued over inflated live TV prices because of Hulu and ESPN price hikes. This is uh, this is today. This is reported. Uh, Disney is being sued. Uh, by a group of YouTube TV consumers who claim that the company's raising of its own rates and business dealings with competitors have inflated linear TV prices for everybody. According to the suit, quote, together these carriage agreement mandates, which now cover all of Disney's leading competitors in the SLP TV market, allow Disney to use ESPN and Hulu to set a price floor in the SLP TV market and to inflate prices market-wide by raising the prices of its own products. So basically, they're making everything more expensive by raising the prices of their own their own stuff. ESPN and Hulu, you want it, you're going to have to pay more for it. And so that makes everything else go up, and so it's adversely affecting the market. So now they're being sued. It's a class-action lawsuit filed in U.S. District Court in San, San Francisco. Where is that going to go? Because that hit this week as well. So Bob Iger's going to have that hanging around his neck. At the same time, he's trying to fix the woke agenda, right? <coughs> right? Tim Pool had an interesting point that he made on his show, I think it was last night. He's talking about the diversity, equity, and inclusion. He said, you take that acronym, D-E-I, it's the word day, it's Latin for of God. And we've talked about this. It is a cult mentality a lot of these people have. People are born, and I've, I've made this point before, people are born to believe in something. God, Buddha, Allah, whatever, right? Most of the time, we believe in some kind of a deity. That's where the word deity comes from, is de, de, whatever, this Latin word. Deity, deity. When you take that out of the equation, when you remove God, what's, what's going to fill that hole? Now, a lot of progressives, a lot of Marxists, a lot of communists want to fill that hole with the government. Let government be your God. Let government be your parent. Let government be your teacher, your father confessor. Everything about everything. As we see this in, in the indoctrination programs in the schools, you know, government is the answer to everything, and they want to get the parents out. It's one of the reasons why they were so dead set against this bill in Florida, because they don't want the parents involved in the indoctrination, in the education of their kids. Let us do it. And then you turn these kids into mindless machines, robots, cogs in the machine that they just, they just fulfill a function. 
and we're seeing it. You see it with the way the, that uh, the millennials and the Gen, and Gen Z voted in the, in the midterms. They're voting for the people who are going to cancel their student loan debt, which isn't going to happen because it's unconstitutional. But I can promise you that I'll give you something if you'll vote for me. And they bought it, hook, line, and sinker. And they go and they vote for the Democrat. And what happens? Turns out the Democrat was lying, which is what they do. Now, a lot of politicians lie, both sides of the aisle, no question. I'm not saying one's got a monopoly on it. But a lot of these millennials and Gen Zers went in there thinking, well, I'm going to vote for this guy and we're going to get my school loans canceled. And that didn't happen. You're going to have a wake up, come to Jesus meeting here in the next couple of years. So let's game this out. Republicans take the House in 2022. What if we get the Senate in 2024? What if we get the presidency in 2024? Now you have a, a, a government controlled by the, by the Republicans at the same time that Disney is facing the copyright renewal stuff. Because that's still floating out there. we got the Reedy Creek stuff in Florida that still has to be resolved 100%. And then let's say that Iger sets up for Disney to buy Apple. What are the regulators going to do in, a, in, a, in an administration and a legislator that's run by conservatives and Republicans? Do you think they're going to let that deal go through? Not very likely. So what's Iger's legacy going to be? That remains the question. And I think that's what Bob Iger is worried about. Bob Iger is concerned with Bob Iger. This is me on the outside looking in. I don't have any insiders. I don't have any people working at Disney feeding me information. I don't have anybody at Lucasfilm feeding me information. I got nobody at Marvel feeding me information. By the way, if you work at any of those companies and you want to feed me information, I'll take it. I'm just saying, I would not be opposed to having some sources on the inside. We try to stay fair here as best we can. So, you know, we're not going to go off the deep end and stay angry all the time. Although Doomcock makes some good points because... We haven't even started with the Indiana Jones stuff. <clears throat> Which, by the way, Geekosity, Mikey Sutton over at Geekosity, this was breaking this morning. Mikey Sutton at Geekosity is reporting that Indiana Jones 5 is the last thing for Kathleen Kennedy. Now, he's saying that he's heard that either Kennedy steps down right before Indiana Jones 5 comes out, or... She leaves right afterwards. But in any case, Indiana Jones 5 is the last of Kathleen Kennedy. It's a bookend. That's where she started with Spielberg and Lucas all the way back today. And that's where her career ends. Now, before anybody sits there and says, yeah, 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 we've heard this before. John Campia is also reporting that rumor. And they have apparently, from what Sutton says, they have different sources so there's different people telling Mikey Sutton that Kennedy's out. John Campia 
is out, is saying that she's out. So either way, now remember, Bob Iger and Kathy Kennedy had a little bit of a falling out with regard to Star Wars when it didn't perform well, and Iger comes back in and says, the buck stops here with me. And he took creative control from Kathleen Kennedy at one point. And they changed the strategy. They no longer were going to roll out a movie every year. You remember all that kerfuffle, right? And some people speculate that one of the reasons that Kathleen Kennedy didn't get fired at that point was because she's got something on Iger. Well, what if she does? But now you have low ratings for Andor. You have low ratings for Kenobi. You have no interest really, from anybody in the Acolyte. You've got no movies in the pipeline. Every single project that's been announced for the last couple of years has fallen through. She's fired how many directors? Kathleen Kennedy has a track record now of failure. She is more vulnerable now, and it's going to be very understandable that she decides to call it quits. Now, Sutton is reporting that she's been told to retire, We'll have to see how that shakes out. But in any case, Mikey Sutton at Geekocity, John Campia, both reporting that they're hearing separate and apart from each other that Kathleen Kennedy is done. And it's entirely positive. I, I'll, I'll allow for the possibility because Iger and Kennedy don't like each other from reports that we've heard. Who knows? We'll see. But I don't think that Bob Iger is invested in the success of the Walt Disney Company. I think Bob Iger is invested in the value of the Walt Disney Company as the deal to make. And he's going to try to sell to Apple and burnish his reputation and get into politics. That's my thinking on it. I could be wrong. It's pure speculation on my part. We'll have to see how it plays out. Because, like Tim pointed out in H2O the other night, you have to wait and see what he actually does. The proof is in the pudding. We can sit here and we can speculate till the cows come home and get slaughtered for beef. But we're going to have to see what he actually does. And the reorganization starts Monday. We'll see. I don't know. All right. That's it for this hour this week this is our last broadcast of the week the rest of the weekend thanksgiving week no good morning multiverse no show on friday i do want to say thank you to all of you for coming back and being here all the time for being such a great audience an active audience you participate in the chats you're here all the time we can count on you to be here it's always good to see all of you in the chat dave cam uh keely all you guys american comics uh, we've 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 grown steadily, slowly, but you guys are here all the time. Thank you. We do appreciate. It. We don't we don't we we don't do this just because. I mean, we do this because you guys keep coming back and we keep doing it. So we're gonna keep doing it. You keep coming back. Share the links. Have a great Thanksgiving weekend. Those of you who are going to be celebrating the holiday, take some time off, get some rest. We're going to hit the ground running on Monday and do it all again. In the meantime, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for giving us your support and your attention and your time. And I want to thank everybody who's on staff here for all of their time and effort and their talent. 
and we will be back on Monday. Have a great Thanksgiving week. Uh, connect with us. I almost forgot here. Throw the socials up. You can uh, connect with us on all the different social media platforms. We're on 10 different platforms, four different video platforms. Find us on Odyssey and Rumble. Let's get those numbers up. And then we'll do it again on Monday. Thanks very much, folks. Have a great rest of your week. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 